might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck, and this is another edition of Metal Tales from the Road, and we're talking about the show that happened a few days ago, and because of scheduling conflicts, we couldn't get this episode out right away, but we're doing it nonetheless. Uh, we're talking about Spokane with our friend, our patron, listener, Sarah Cleveland. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Ethan. How are you? I'm very well, and how are you doing? I am fabulous. You sound fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel fabulous. <laughs> well, good, good. I'm glad you do. I, you know, I'm feeling pretty fabulous myself tonight. So we're both good. we're both on the same page. <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> One thing I neglected to intro about you was that uh, you were our first of two. Uh, we haven't announced the second one yet, but you won the first Injustice for All box set on our show. <laughs> I know. Oh, I can't even. Can I tell you a story about this? So Please, please uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm. I, well, I was on vacation when all these episodes were coming out. From so I, I actually went to the Vegas show to start off with. Oh, nice. I was in. I was at the Vegas show, and then um, because of traveling and everything, I couldn't keep up with the podcast. So I was like, "Ooh, I bet when I get to my destination where I'm going to be for a week, I was like, I need to sit down and listen to the show." So I listened to it and it's like two in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I'm finally listening to the first Injustice for All, um, uh, what the one that you did with kind of looking it over and oh, you know, the, fr- the first like bit of the box set we're going through. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm listening to that and, and I still can't sleep and I'm just on my phone scrolling while I'm listening to you guys. And all I hear is my name and I'm like, what? <laughs> At two in the morning? And and then at two in the morning, and then I was so excited that I won that I couldn't sleep for another two hours after that. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, not not great because I couldn't sleep, but it was a good reason to not be able to sleep, for sure. Well, yeah, that's (laughs) that's not a bad trade-off right there. It's like, well, I can't sleep, but I just won the Justice for All box set. (laughs) And, you know, and the great thing about that is that And Justice for All was the first album that I ever owned from... Metallica. So, oh, very cool. It was, yeah, it's kind of like a, um, a full circle kind of thing, you know. So, I was really, really excited about that. Absolutely, that's awesome. Well, I mean, well, l- let's get into that. Like, you know, usually my first question to people is, you know, what's your Metallica story? How'd you get into the band? So, we we know <laughs> so, this is your first record you bought. So, let's hear it. Um. Well, actually, it, even though it was the first record I bought, the the first time that I really got into the band, um was in the 90s with Load and Reload. So I know Clint will love that. He will, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, because that kind of sound for those albums was was in relation to most of the stuff that I was listening to at that time. Okay. Um, so, you know, kind of like, and, and the great thing I love about Load and Reload is how uh, you can, it's, James's vocals are really great during that period. They really are. And I am... I come from a family of singers, so I love to sing along to my music. And not that the earlier stuff isn't great, because I love that like thrashy rage stuff. Of course, but but I do like to sing along to my music too. But I but 
so I think that's what turned me on to Metallica at that time. And then, then I got into the earlier stuff. And even though I wasn't into like really ragey, thrashy music, um, I still really loved it. And I think it's because I grew up playing music and, um, hearing all that stuff and like, you know, some of their instrumentals and, and things like that yeah. uh, really turned me on to the band. And really, it was like, if they're, they're not just like, you know, yelling and screaming, you know, they're actually playing music. Well, I mean, be- it's good songwriting too. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's what kind of got me onto the band. Like it made me realize like, Hey, they can be really thrashy, but they can still be, you know, really excellent musicians and play these, this excellent music and turn everyone on to whatever they're playing. Like they can reach all kinds of people with all kinds of genres. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, before we move forward, I do want to kind of pause here for a second. So I want to talk about you. This is a good way for people to get to know you a little bit. Um, okay. So you so you grew up playing music. Do, uh, do you play different instruments? Do you just sing? Tell us about that. Um, I, I'm i not a singer. Um, I grew up playing the flute. So I played the flute for about 11 years. Now, what kind of flute? Um, Would you say a jazz flute? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, um, definitely. I'm not Jethro Tull, like, or anything like that, or, like, any jazzy thing like that. Okay, okay. I I wish. But um, I, very classical. Um, I uh, played an orchestra, and I was in marching band throughout high school. So I really appreciated, like, uh, songwriting and uh, music writing, and just people who, like, melodies were really my thing. Okay, cool things that could catch my ear, you know, right. and things that would uh, stick with me. So um, I feel like Metallica has a lot of those melodies that just people just know them when they hear them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. I mean, a lot of the stuff that they've written, I mean, I would say even to present day with Hardwired, um, they have timeless riffs, timeless, timeless melodies, timeless uh, bridge sections, all these things that, you know, you could play two notes of it and know exactly what it is. And I think, you know, even their most most recent few records that will stand the test of time as well where in 20 years from now you know you'll hear a part you know from halo on fire and and know exactly that's metallica and that's good songwriting and that's you know timeless stuff yeah absolutely so so do you ever play flute along to metallica records (laughs) (laughs) you know i haven't picked up my flute in about Oh, probably like three years. <laughs> oh, Sarah, come on. I know, I know. And and I think about it, you know, but if, if I do pick it up, I I do know all the notes. So I, I have that much going for me. Okay. Um, so if I were to, uh, let's say I were to go and pick it up and take private lessons or something, I'd be able to start somewhere that's not yeah. from the beginning. So that's good. So I think but, your I think your long term homework after this episode is uh, for you to play the the beautiful bridge to Master of Puppets on the flute. Amen. I will do that. Okay, <laughs> you can you can report back to us, and then we'll we'll have you on the show again. You can perform it for all the listeners. <laughs> of course, I will do that. <laughs> um, so that's cool. So you said that you have kind of a musical family. You have you have other relatives or immediate family that are musicians or singers. So my whole mom's side of the family all have amazing, beautiful voices. My sister, um, she does musical theater and she has the voice of an angel. Okay. And, uh, and my, my cousin, he actually performs on Broadway. So really like in New York. 
in New York. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. that's awesome. Very cool. What, what, yeah, he was he... actually in, he was in the, um, uh, I think the last year he was in, he played Ned Schneebly for School of Rock. Really? Ned Schneebly. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's extremely talented and uh, we just, can't get over how talented he is. He's amazing. We love him. Wow, that's so cool. Uh, you got mm -hmm. you got to be proud of him, of course. Have you? Have very, you? Very I, proud. I'm assuming you and the family have gone out to New York to see him perform. Well, unfortunately, I was not able to, but a lot of the family has been, and yes, they just rant and rave about how amazing he is, and he is. He deserves all the praise. Oh, that's cool. For, yeah, that's so awesome. The it is awesome. The little San Diego kid that could. <laughs> well, he's actually, so I'm from San Diego, but well, not from San Diego. My, my parents are from Idaho. Okay. Um, and there, my whole family is from Idaho. So the reason why I went to the Spokane show is because they live up there. So, oh, okay. So, so you, you moved to San Diego separately. Long story short, my father was in the Marines and he was stationed in San Diego. And when he retired, my mom and dad decided to move up to where they were from, which was Port Elaine, Idaho. Oh, okay, cool. Was your dad stationed at Camp Pendleton? Um, it was actually Miramar. Oh, Miramar. Okay, cool. I used yeah. to I used to live in the city right next to Camp Pendleton, San Clemente. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, cool. You're yeah. very familiar. Oh yeah, um, definitely. So, so he they they decided to move up north, and I was like, mm, no, I'm going to stay down here and sunny San Diego and like yeah. <laughs> this is where I be. and also I grew up while he was stationed in the Marines I grew up mostly in Southern California so I didn't want to um you know I was not for the snow or anything like that so I was like okay I'm gonna stay down here you guys go up there and I'll visit you when I can <laughs> yeah you, you, I think you chose wisely San Diego <laughs> really <did> too. <laughs> really anything that's like South Orange County down to San Diego has yeah. some of the best weather you'll find in the world Yes. Consistently, and I lived Orange, yeah. Yeah, and I lived in Orange County for eight years, so I'm familiar with Orange County as well. Oh, you did? Where, where'd you live? Um, so he was stationed for El Toro, and this was the early 90s. So, yeah, this is um, before the Marine base closed, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So after we moved uh, down to San Diego to Miramar, um, about two or three years after that, it closed down. So, wow, yeah. crazy. Fun I know. Fun, little fun fact, uh, the second car I ever owned, I bought on the El Toro Marine base. Shut up. Yeah. So my, uh, <laughs> this, this, this is not metal tales from the road anymore. This is just you and I just like becoming yeah. friends. Um, exactly. <laughs> no, my, uh, again, long story short, uh, my, my grandfather was in the Navy and, um, my, so my grandmother had access to all the bases, you know, and they had like commissaries and little shopping areas and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So we would always go, my grandma would just call it the base. Like, Hey, you want to go to the base and we'll go shopping and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. That's what we said too. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah. So I bought my, my second car was a, a 1965, uh, Mustang. Oh, and wow. I, God, I wish I still had it. It was awesome. But I was super young and couldn't afford to keep it up. But I had it for a couple of years. But yeah, I bought it at the Marine Base. And not only that, the very first guitar my dad ever bought me was bought at the El Toro Marine Base. That's awesome. Yep. That's so cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember going, yeah, I remember going to El Toro to go shopping, get groceries and yeah, man, it's a whole other life, that military life, you know? Sure, yeah. So this is totally way uh, random for all of our listeners. They're like, can you guys please talk about the Spokane show? But 
we'll 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 conclude the El Toro talk right now. When you first saw Independence Day, did you get kind of stoked when all of a sudden they said, "Haven't you heard? El Toro's been destroyed." You know what? I don't remember that. You don't remember that? You got to rewatch Independence Day. Will Smith's I, character was stationed at El Toro. So I saw the movie the weekend that it opened, but I think it was like 11, 12. When did that movie come out? Like 95? Uh, I would say 90, yeah, somewhere in 95, 96, 97, maybe. So then I was, uh, so I was born in 81. So that makes, that makes me like 14, 15. Oh, okay. Like, I barely remember that, but I saw it the opening weekend. But then after that movie came out, I think I only saw it once or twice after that. So, like, I do not remember that line, but that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well that, that's another homework assignment. Go, go rewatch Independence okay. Day. Okay, all right. We'll do. <laughs> all right, so, okay, now that we're acquainted and everyone knows about uh, my car and guitar history and Sarah, a little bit of a Sarah's history... Um, <laughs> Before we uh, jump into your your journey to Spokane and the show, um, yeah. we've been asking everybody, and this will change from time to time, but uh, current or all-time never-going-to-change-favorite Metallica record? Puppets. Puppets, okay. Does that ever change, or is that just always a solid? Um, okay, I'll try and make this as short as possible. Um, when I was in high school and got into them, I was super into load and reload, but then I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit and got into other groups and bands and stuff like that. And, and then when I finally got back to into them, it was hardwired. Hardwired got me back into the band. Oh, wow. So you kind of skipped over St. Anger and, was, and Death Magnetic. I, oh, I was completely out of the loop. Um, and what happened was I, I heard the album on the radio or the, I heard the hardwired single on the radio and I was like, Oh my God, this sounds like Metallica. Is this Metallica? I was like freaking out. I was like, th- it reminded me of like their early stuff, you yeah. know? And, um, so I, as soon as I heard the whole song, I was like, Oh my God, that was amazing. And then I, uh, bought the record and it was hooked. I was so hooked. And then, and then after that, I was like, I need to, research what's been going on with the band and everything like that. I was, let me just say this. I was so out of the loop that I did not know that Jason had quit the band and what? They, they'd gotten a new, yes, that's how out of the loop I was. Wow. <laughs> well, you had some catching <laughs> up to do and I'm ashamed to admit that. <laughs> well, guess what? Everyone just heard it. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to edit that out. Uh, you, you, it, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm proud to admit it. Like it's fine. No, that's totally like, it's totally cool. No, everyone's got their different story, and like I mean, I had I had a you know there was a couple of years where I definitely checked out, you know, but um, but really, I mean, so when you first heard the Hardwired single, so pretty much in the last two years, you've had a lot of catching up to do, and you've done a great job of it because not only have you caught up on what the band's doing, and you're like going to shows, uh, you've listened to like all of our episodes, and you're on the show now. You're a, you're like yep. you're like you're in the deep end of Metallica that- world. That's how good I felt the hardwired record was. Like it brought me back into the loop of Metallica. I, I, I just, I, I love that record so much. It's, it's not my favorite, but it, it, it's, it. I think it says enough to say that it brought me back into the loop. That's so you know awesome. I mean? Yeah. So, um, because of that, I got it, but got back into it, and then I watched um, some kind of monster, and I found out all that stuff was. I had no idea this band <laughs> almost broke up. I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow, like, you yeah, wa- you I watching some ki- you watching some kind of monster was was like, 
uh, like a movie where like someone is, is like cryogenically frozen and then they wake up and then and then some kind of monster is you catching up on the news basically. I know, right? Like, what? Metallica almost broke up? Are you crazy? Do you have they hired a new bass player yet? Yeah, they did like 14 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I know it's 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 kind of embarrassing, but at the same time, it's like you know what? Like I, but you know what? Even though. I fell off the loop every time I heard Metallica on the radio. I was still always like, I love this band so much. I love them. But it wasn't, it was just, you know, it was the older stuff. So I was like, okay, it's just, it's good to listen to. But since I hadn't heard anything new or anything, at least anything new that didn't catch my ear, didn't really um, get back into it. And it wasn't until Hardwired that I was like, okay, this is freaking amazing i love this record it's so great i love hardwired very awesome. much well I, yeah. th- I think it's safe to say that you're probably not going to fall off the train anytime soon i don't think so no okay that's good <laughs> well what's your uh, speaking of hardwired what's your uh what's your favorite song off of hardwired um i would have to say um when i first got it and started playing it on a loop i would say like confusion was my okay. favorite i love love that song i don't know why but that one's good i really love um man unkind yeah okay um and again a lot of that comes with like uh musically like instrumentally and growing up playing music and like listening to the instrumentals and stuff like that um it's cool to hear you say that you know you're pointing out some deep cuts from from hardwired which is cool because most people you know myself included will go straight to like atlas rise moth into flames spit out the bones which i love those too of course yeah i i I liked moth into flame but i loved it even more after i saw them perform it with lady gaga because i'm a huge lady gaga fan oh nice i love her and seeing them to get like them together i was like is this real life (laughs) you know know, it's one of those things like some i think people are pretty like you know kind of black and white on it it's like you you, people loved it or hated it you know that's very true um for me i was i loved it i same yeah i i think that she's one of those artists that can do anything you know. Well, yeah, and you know, and you know, we we kind of covered this on one of our revisited episodes about that performance and Hetfield's mic going out and all that stuff. But you know, I, I think we kind of concluded that, like, you know, like her music or not, or like pop music or not, she's a hard ass worker and she's a true musician, talented, she's very talented hard, girl, hard worker. Yeah. Yeah, big time. She I did, love her. She did one of she, her little yeah. surprise shows at a venue about two minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! When she was promoting her last record or whatever. Oh man, yeah, the whole uh, Joanne record. Yeah, it was like she did like the yeah. uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was like you know, back to the garage or clubs or yeah. I mean, whatever they called it. She but she was doing like dive bars. Yeah, it was like a dive bar tour, and apparently yeah. she only came in and, and did like four or five songs, and that was it. But uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. It, it's a little venue called the Five Spot here in East Nashville where I've played a million times, and she'd yeah. perform there. But um, well, cool. Let's. Uh, Let's get into your journey to Spokane. So okay. you kind of touched on it a little bit. You chose Spokane because your family's in Idaho. So did you yeah. did you go hit like Idaho first or are, are they in an area of Idaho where like you can fly in Spokane and then drive and see them? Yeah. So um, like I said, I went to Vegas. To, I went to the Vegas show first and then from Vegas, I flew to Spokane. So Spokane is about 30 minutes or so from where my family lives. So it like okay. worked perfectly. So they're up in like the the little. They, lo- they live. Um, they live about thirty or forty minutes east of Spokane in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. In that little sliver of Idaho, right? 
Yes, the panhandle is what they call okay. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so uh, when you uh, so you went from Vegas to Spokane. Uh, correct. Yes. Okay. And then, so did you go stay with your parents for a day and then go to the show kind of thing? Um, so I actually, um, I flew out right after the day after the Vegas show. And then I, um, the, the Spokane show wasn't like until five days after I flew in there. So I had a good time to hang out with my family. And then, um, my brother and I, my brother actually came with me to the Spokane show. Oh, cool. Yeah. You're like, you think Broadway is cool. Check this out. (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> um, do you have this kind of pyro on Broadway? <laughs> they probably do, but it's not as common, I would imagine. Right. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of those theaters, there, there's some strict rules of pyro. but um, Exactly. So that's cool. You So you got some good hang time in with your family. Um, and so then kind of walk us through did you go was there a pre-party that you knew about or anything or uh did you meet up with any Um, other fans you knew there was a pre-party the night before but we decided not to go to it just because we would be driving it's like it's like 30 40 minutes drive and so we're like "Mm." so what we actually ended up doing was the day of the show we got there early um and we parked at the arena and then we went to this place called the viking which um, was literally, a, you could walk there. And cool. it was right next to the arena, and we had a couple of beers, and we got ready to go, and that's where we kind of hung out before we went back to the arena to Okay, so, so you found a place to pregame. Exactly. Very cool. Um, did you have any kind of, do you have a black ticket? I had Whiplash. Oh, so you got the Whiplash experience. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. remind everyone what's kind of involved in the Whiplash experience. So Whiplash is you get um, access to the kind of Metallica Museum, if you will. Okay. You get to go into this uh, specific area that's kind of roped off for Whiplash attendees. And you get to, um, uh, you basically get to see all the stuff from the the beginning of the band from the get-go. Like all their stuff from the early days. Um like there's stuff from like handwritten lyrics to props from through the never, um, just outfits from different videos, um, all kinds of different stuff. And then you get a little bit of a uh, buffet, you get a VIP poster, you get cool. a shirt that you get to pick from, you get like one of four choices of t-shirts and then, um, and then you get a drink. And then after that, you can decide when you want to actually get in line to go down onto the floor. So you get floor access as well. So you're, you're getting there on the floor earlier than the general admission. Exactly. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. cool. These experiences are, are really something special. Um, you know, I haven't gotten to see one yet, but we've heard a lot of details about them. And, and you know, for the extra money you're paying, it seems like you really do get a, a good amount of stuff and things to see and little glimpse into all like especially the museum thing alone to me is would be just worth it to pay the extra money yeah you know the it's crazy because i saw so much stuff in the museum but the one thing that stood out for me which is really weird because it it probably it 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 wouldn't stand out for me normally but i kind of like they have these like kind of uh cabinets where you can pull out drawers and stuff and they have like papers and things that like it's usually like handwritten lyrics and stuff like that right I pulled out this drawer and I saw the handwritten lyrics to the spoken part of to live is to die. Oh, cool. Yeah. And for whatever reason that like 
struck me and I took a picture of it because, well, number one, I could never really hear what he was saying. I could, I could hear parts of what he was saying, but like never was able to understand a hundred percent of what he was saying. And so I took a picture of it and I was like, Oh, that's what's, what's being said there. So that was cool to see that. Cause it's like, obviously their original papers and stuff that they wrote on. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, so cool. It was really, really awesome. So cool. It's really cool that the dudes in the band, I'm assuming mostly Lars and then maybe James next have hung on to so many little things that maybe they knew at the time, but it would become th- these amazing pieces of memorab- memorabilia that would end up in museums, end up in these box mm-hmm. sets. And when you go through the, you know, there's four box sets so far, all the mm-hmm. content that's in there, I know some of it is also fan submitted, but it's amazing how much stuff that these dudes have on- have hung on to. And I mean, could you imagine like going into like Lars's vault of whatever he has, some storage unit or whatever, or maybe it's all yeah. at HQ. It, it would be amazing to see whatever else they have. Yeah, we, I, I saw, like, I was blown away by how much handwritten stuff was there. Like almost like the early, I would say almost from the, all the eighties things, uh, there was handwritten lyrics. Yeah. And I would, there was, uh, posters, like original posters of, um, them playing shows where they were not the headliners. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just crazy stuff like that. Like stuff that I would never think I would ever see, you know? Well, and, and, and even hang on to random show flyers and stuff. Like, you know, I remember like my early, early years of like touring in bands and stuff. Like I never grabbed those things at venues. You know, you'd go play a venue, you see your poster on the wall and you're the opening band or whatever. I never right. thought at the end of the night to like, I'm going to grab that and save it. Like, and just, I never thought, right. I, I didn't th- I consider that stuff at all. I only hung yeah. on to like t-shirts and stuff that my bands made. That's about it. For sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, okay, cool. So you, you do the museum, you get your drink, you get a little, a little buffet. Uh, so did you choose to get on the floor early and get your spot? Uh, yeah, my, uh, I told my brother, I was like, you know what? Like I have three shows on this tour and I'm going to get on the rail for one of them. And you and I are going for the rail. <laughs> He's like, okay, nice. he was game forever. So, um, we, is, we got in line as soon as we could. And, um, as soon as we were put onto the floor, we just, we ran straight ahead and ran around the other side of the stage and got right on the rail. Awesome. So pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. So did you have any idea like whose side you were going to be on at that point? No clue. No clue I, at all. Okay. Okay. Well, well, yeah. well do tell who, uh, I know, I know that like, you know, the, obviously the, want, the dudes run around all the time and James is a yeah. microphone. Do you want but, me to tell you now or do you want me to wait until we get into the, <laughs> well, I mean, we're kind of there. I mean, you're in the venue okay. at this point. You're, okay. on, you're on the so, rail. Well, actually before so we get on the rail, before we get, uh, I, before we get into that. Okay. Uh, I do, I do need to know, uh, how did you feel about Jim Brewer? Um, okay. So I purposely did not watch anything of Jim Brewer's stuff on this tour in order to, um, kind of like save it for myself for like, you know, not to get tired of it or if it's repetitive or anything like that. Sure. So, um, when I, when we got in the rail and we were waiting for everything to happen and he came on, like, I actually really enjoyed him. I actually, I grew up watching Jim Brewer on SNL. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Like with goat boy and, heavy metal guy like oh yeah it was great so or in funny. uh half baked yeah exactly so i was like i i'm just gonna i i loved it 
you know, I'm here. I, I hear definitely mixed reviews from everyone, but I, I was laughing for sure. But mainly because I, it probably was because I didn't hear any of this beforehand. And, you know, cause I know that he's like been repetitive slightly on the tour. Sure. So, but I've also heard that he's trying to switch it up a little bit. So I was like, well, I'm purposely not going to listen just so that <laughs> I, I can, I can really enjoy it when I'm there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and you also got yeah. to, uh, I assume you saw him in Vegas too. So you got to see him kind of go find Ray Burton you know, in the crowd and stuff, or do you, were you not there for that? I actually did not. Um, I also have whiplash in Vegas and I did not, I, I did, I decided to hold back and, and wait to, I was on the floor for Vegas, but I was way in the back to where I had a little bit of room to kind of move around and like, oh, okay. rock out a bit during the show. So start your own, yeah. pit, start, start, start yeah, your own so pit I, back there. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, did not, I did not watch Jim when I was in Vegas, but I, I'm glad that I did see him in Spokane for sure. Cool. Yeah. And I, I yeah. mean, I haven't, I haven't seen this yet. Obviously we're not going to see it until next month in Nashville, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Cause you know, I think it's a great idea to like, you know, in lieu of an opening band, have a comedian that is not only hilarious, but is a huge fan of Metallica. And it's, a, yeah. I, I think it's just something different. It gets the crowd hyped up. He's doing like trivia with fans and, calling people out in the crowd and stuff it's a good yeah. way for people it's a good warm-up act you know i i'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing it. it you know what it was more entertaining than i thought than i thought it would be i i put my expectations very low just to like <laughs> not not to be disappointed it's a great life lesson in general always always <laughs> expect nothing and then everything's going to be amazing exactly um but but you know like you never know with like for a metal band, having a comedy act as your opener, like you never know how that's going to go. So I put my expectations very low and I was pleasantly surprised. I really did enjoy him. That's very awesome. Much. Well, yeah. my, my, uh, my, my dream in life, one of my many dreams in life is if I ever make it big as a solo artist, I want to have a magician open for me. Oh, awesome. I think it'd be 100% rad. I'm with you. And I have I have one of mine. I, I made a new friend this year. His name is Taylor Hughes. He's this awesome magician. Uh, and I was on his podcast, and he performed in Nashville. But if you actually, he's 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 a California guy. If you ever see a guy named Taylor Hughes perform, you should go see him. He's a great magician. Taylor Hughes. Taylor Hughes. Yeah, he's awesome. Taylor Hughes. Okay, I'm on it. Um, cool. So uh, Jim Brewer's done. AC, you hear ACD? You know, you know, obviously the whole. Oh yeah. Okay. You yep. know, you know the drill. You, yep. you, yeah, you've caught up a lot in the last two years. Um, yep. <laughs> so you hear that Ecstasy of Gold yep. comes on, and is I, I mean, is your brother a big Metallica fan? Does he understand what's happening um, right now, or is he just there for? He's a huge. He's a huge fan of their early stuff. Okay. And um, uh, I don't know how much he feels about like Hardwired. I never, I didn't really get a chance to talk to him about that, but he's def, he's he's definitely stoked on the fact that he's seeing a band that's been around forever and it's kind of like a bucket list thing you know like cool. he's like this is going to be amazing and i'm in for the ride so i was and, and i was really excited to share that share this whole moment with him for sure yeah, yeah. that's awesome um okay so i guess we're, we're about to dive into the set list because we're talking about yeah. the ecstasy of gold um yeah. i've mentioned this on Which, e- by the way gives me chills every time yeah that's <laughs> what, that's what i was about to bring up I and mean, i mention it every time i do one of these metal tales series you know, even even when even when I'm in my car and, I, and I'm like, I'm gonna put on S and M, and yeah, that orchestra starts playing Ecstasy of Gold, I still get chills, and I'm like, God, what oh. a what a perfect intro they, for this band. They started doing that in the late '80s, right? Yeah, it was in the '80s. Early. They've been doing yeah. it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, 
like I didn't realize how early on they had started doing it. Like I remember when I got back into it and was doing all the research, I was like, wow, they've been doing this for a while. And yep. I didn't, I didn't know how long ago they started it, but I think it was like late eighties, like justice era. It's been, yeah, it's been a long time. It's definitely been since the eighties. And I mean, having been in bands, it's like, you know, for the most part, you kind of choose your intro music per tour. Mm-hmm. But at no point in the bands I've been in, did we ever think like, let's just do the same thing every time. You right. know, most bands don't do that. I mean, I can't, right. I honestly can't think of another band that has the same intro music for every live show yeah. they've ever done. Yeah. But, but they, the, they have such a huge following. Like, and the, the great thing about it is that when that song comes on, the whole audience is singing along. So, you know, that they're just stoked on life right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're, oh, no, they're, they're so excited. So, so ecstasy of gold finishes we get the you know they've been doing this since the beginning of the stadium run the hardwired intro tape starts um it's almost like a little you know re-intro to the set um Mm -hmm. so they've been doing the first two songs this wave the whole time hardwired and atlas rise um how was this for you how was the energy were you just like okay oh my god here we go i have to say to everyone out there who does not like hardwired or atlas I think they're crazy because those two songs as openers are killer. Yes. Like they, they are so like, how could you not get stoked when you hear those songs? Like, like that hardwired song, like that was the first song I heard on the radio. When I heard, when right, I got yeah. back, in, I was like, this is amazing. Like I was like, it just pumped me up. Good. And then straight from that into, into Atlas rise, I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. Like it just, you just get so excited for the show. Absolutely. I hundred percent for those two songs as openers, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. And it's like, I mean, they're going to do it until the the end of this album cycle. And I know that that's what we're going to get in Nashville. Um, and the other two shows we're going to, and I'm cool with it. I've already seen it twice on the stadium run and it's going to happen three more times when me and Clint go to these shows and I'm going to be, and I'm going to be losing my shit (laughs) each time. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys. It's oh, it's such a good time. I'm I just, love the songs as openers. I'm just really excited to see them back in an arena in the round because I've only seen that once the first time I saw them on the Death Magnetic Tour. Nice. And, and uh, I'm excited to see that again because I saw two stadium shows and it was great. I loved every minute of it. But it'll, right. be, it'll be fun to to get the more up close and personal show of Metallica. Um, yeah. So the uh, next next in the slot uh, seems to be a bit of a staple now. They've moved uh, Seek and Destroy from the end of the main set up number three. It's like the first old school slot, and everyone keeps telling me that like on the cubes they got all the old school like ticket stubs and flyers and stuff, mm. kind of homage to the old days. Right. Did, did it um, did it look awesome? Did you love it? I loved it. Yeah, those those that whole kind of set with the boxes and stuff like until you see it up close you don't realize how cool it is yeah i'm looking <laughs> like, forward to that yeah it's super rad like yeah all that stuff on there super super cool and like what they, what are they they did seek or it's usually seek or hit the lights right during this it's it i mean it's been pretty consistent with seek and destroy um it seems like once they started the the, the latest u.s you know, run of shows for, uh, with the in the round thing that mm-hmm. seek and destroy is kind of like, it's just there, you know, that's yeah. In Vegas, I think I got hit the lights, which is really cool. Cause I think that's probably my favorite track off of kill them all. Hit the lights is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's such a, uh, crowd like upper, you know, like everyone right, just, like, yeah. it's like 
lights and you're like yeah okay i will you know well it's like it's like what i mean it's basically like the most og metallica song out there yeah pretty much i mean if you think about it it is for sure um the one thing that was funny was at the end of the song when he when he finished when they finished uh seek and destroy james is like all right seek and destroy for you all good night and all i could think about was like like Thank you. <laughs> Search and seek and destroy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, like, that was the first thing I thought of when he said that. I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Stand in the scene in Spokane tonight. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. awesome. Well, I'm glad we were in your thoughts during the show. Yeah, you were. You were. Um, so, uh, Slot four, you guys got Leopard Messiah, which is they've been pulling this out every once in a while on this tour, and and I love the song. Yeah, um, you know it's it's so crazy because like I was expecting something uh, much more common. I guess I was almost going to say basic, but that's kind of I don't really like that word. But a little, a little more safe. Yeah, a little bit more safe. Um, and so when when it actually when Leopard started. I was, I was so like out of it, like expecting something different that at first I was like, what song is this? <laughs> right. like, I was so out of it. And then I realized like, oh my God, Leopard Messiah. Cause Puppets is my favorite album. So right, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, so cool. Like, oh, I mean, amazing. So great. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I saw that they, uh, just on Instagram today, they posted a clip of a couple different songs from this set list and Leopard Messiah. They posted about a minute long clip of this one. And, uh, it's just a cool, heavy ass song, man. I, the one song I wish they would uh, throw in this slot, uh, maybe to alternate between Leopard Messiah and this one, would be the th- mm-hmm. thing that should not be. Oh, I like that one a lot too. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, that would be good. I like that one. But if yep. you know, but if they, if if the the few shows me and Clint go to, they play Leopard Messiah. I'll be equally as stoked. It, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like when when we talk to people about the set list, it's like. You know, yeah, it'd be cooler if they had this song in the set. However, I'm cool with whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm at a Metallica show. You can play whatever you want. You could play Enter Sandman 20 times in a row, and I'd still be stoked on life. I mean, just don't play Lulu, <laughs> and we're cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, slot five, we've got The Unforgiven, which is pretty much a staple. I mean, they... They they will yeah. pull it out uh, pull it out of the set every once in a while, but um, it's a classic. I mean, how can you not like the Unforgiven? It's classic, and the and the great thing about this is again, since um, this is this was only like my third Metallica show, so okay, uh, I, I, I'm kind of a Metallica virgin. I think I've made that clear, but um, he uh, Kirk started his solo right in front of us. Oh, like, cool. On, and I was like, oh, I, I just had this moment of like, I can't believe I am witnessing these rock legends right in front of my face, right. doing these amazing like guitar riffs. And like, I, I was just, I just had a moment, like I had a surreal moment, if you will, just going like, this is amazing. And there's nowhere else I'd rather be than here right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, you never, yeah. uh, you, you never told us, uh, when you got to the rail, like when the show started, like who was in front of you when the oh, show started? Yeah. Uh, we were right in front of Lars's station. Okay. Yeah. So the whole, throughout the whole concert, he, uh, he was coming down the stairs, like this, his stairs were right in front of our face. Oh, very so we cool. Were right, right in line at those. And he was, he would come up and, 
talk to the people next to us. Um, he never actually came to us, but he would talk like he was like three feet away from me. That's crazy. And I, you know, and I was just observing going like, Oh, it's, it's Lars from Metallica. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like, like oh, just kind of like a, being, it's just Lars. being a little fan girl, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, um, and, but the one thing I will say, like side note, if we're, since we're talking about stuff on the rail and everything, yeah. like, um, the one thing I will say that's kind of like a negative to being on the rail, and this is just me personally, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, is that there's so much going on in that section from the rail to the stage with the the people that help get the show going how it's going. And right. and, and they're doing an amazing job. They're, they're doing such crazy stuff, and so much goes into doing a show like this. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. So I have deep respect for them. But at the same time, I'm a huge like visual person. So every time something was kind of happening in that area, I was kind of like that dog from up, you know, I was like, squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> I, and it would take me away from what was happening on stage. And I was just kind of like, what's happening over there? Oh wait, no, Mataga's playing on stage. Like pay attention to that. You know? Right. Like, like well, so, well, that's go the thing. Ahead. I was gonna say the, the thing, you know, like I, I've been a crew guy for, for, you know, for bands and stuff and there's so much stuff that does happen behind the scenes and when you're when you have a setup in an arena like in the round all the stuff that normally is kind of off to the side of the stage that no one really sees is it really is literally happening in front of you right you know exactly. like you know there is there probably are still people backstage taking care of things but as far as like what's happening you know on stage like all the techs are down there my friend wes is down there because he does teleprompter you know there's all mm-hmm. sorts of things happening um and so if you're on the rail like you were, it's like you actually get to see – you're watching the band on stage up close. And then you can also look to your left and right and see, like, the guitar techs tuning and handing guitars off to the guys. Yeah. And you it's, get to, it's almost like a behind-the-scenes thing. It, 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 I feel like I'm watching a Metallica DVD that I bought for the show while seeing the, uh, the behind-the-scenes extras on the DVD. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, if that makes any sense. No, it absolutely does. I mean, that's that's the perspective you not again, I haven't been on the rail, but having And again, it it, it wasn't enough to, to make me be like, oh, I'm never going on the rail again. Of course I wouldn't I would never say that, but it was it was kind of like, ooh, what's happening over there? And then right. I'm like, wait, hold on. Uh James is doing this amazing riff. Why are you not watching that? You know, like <laughs> kind of like 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 my my distraction factor was kind of like, ooh. You know, like I said, like the dog from up, right, basically. Right. That's you, what but, I was the, the whole time. <laughs> but you got to see, you know, you, you got a glimpse into into what goes on, you know, off stage to make the show happen and the hard work that goes into it. All the crew guys that are, you know, busting their ass every day to make this show happen. You got to yeah. see it firsthand. And it actually, and it made me definitely appreciate what goes in. And even my brother made the comment. He's all like, dude, so much goes into a show like this. I'm like, I know, right? Like I was mm-hmm. just just observing and watching. And even before the show started, I was like, well, these guys are like doing all kinds of crazy stuff that I have no yeah. idea what they're doing, but they looked very intense at what they were doing and they were taking it very seriously. So they, you know, you know, it's part of what puts on such an amazing show like that. So yeah, exactly. Or part two of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so moving on the set list, uh, next we have, uh, what's been in the set list since they started the, album cycle uh now that we're dead do you like this song mm-hmm. i love now that we're dead um i'm gonna be brutally honest i was when you, it, i was about to say you had a little hesitance in your voice right there i love yeah. now that we're dead no but... i love 
I actually really do love that song on the album. Like when it, when I, when I have my uh, Metallica stuff on shuffle in my, uh, in my car on my Bluetooth, when now that we're dead, now that we're dead comes on, I will stop and listen to it. Cause I do really love that song. But as the show, like, um, I am not with most people. I think the drums are super lame. Uh, the drum, and- the, the big like drum, drum jam. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I think it slows the song down. I do not like it. I don't think that everyone's on the same page with it. And um, I think they could go without it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, 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 so I haven't seen it since the stadium run. It was, a, a, what, from what I hear, it was a lot longer in the stadium run. Um, so I'm curious to see it again. We've all obviously on the show determined that, like, okay, this is something fun for the guys. It's a, it's a way for James to have a vocal rest you know, Lars gets a little bit of a, a little bit of a break. Um, mm. but yeah, I mean like when I saw, I've seen it twice on the stadium run and both times I was kind of like, eh, since it's, yeah, you it's know what? Okay. If they're having, and some people have made the comments like, like other people that you've interviewed for the shows have saying like, Hey, they're having fun. That's cool. And I agree. Like if they're having fun, that's rad as totally. a, as a spectator for me, I'm like, I, I'm kind of bored. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's the time to uh, go uh, grab a beer, use the bathroom well, real quick. Well, not when you're on the rail. <laughs> That's true. Well, your bro- your brother could have been a good brother and saved your spot. <laughs> yeah, not during that time of the show. You can't really get back into your spot on the rail in the middle of the Metallica <laughs> concert. Like, that's right. not happening. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, that, that was going to be my question, though. It was, it, what would you think of the whole drum uh, drum circle thing? We call it drum, well, drum circle, but, you know. Yeah, now you know what I think. Yeah, well, I, I know. <laughs> oh, I definitely know. <laughs> um, so moving, I can do without it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, no, I, you know, as of today, yes, I agree with you. I, I can do without it. I, yeah. I I might have a different opinion once I see the, the Nashville show. Um, do you know, I was, because I've seen the stadium. I've seen, I saw them in San Diego. My first concert was San Diego, Petco Park in August of 2017. Okay. And, um, they did it then, but they had those really huge, big drums, you know? Um, totally. and I don't know if there's the same drums on the stadium or in the arena tour either, but in the stadium, they looked really cool. And it was and it's such a louder, like broader sound in the stadium than it is in an arena. Right. Yeah. And well, I just feel like since the stage is so wide and they're so spread out, it makes it look more, I don't know, like majestic. I don't even know if that's the right word, but sure, we'll use it. We'll yeah. use majestic. Uh, yeah, we'll use that, and it just looks cooler because they seem bigger. Right. And in an arena, in the arena, it's like they have one in each corner. Where they're, pl- they're, they're playing, they they're basically playing on on those cubes. Yeah, and they don't look as big. Right. And uh, and I don't know, and it's you know Kirk and Rob, they're not drummers, you know, and they're just. You know, I don't know. It's it's weird. I think. Not- I mean, I think at the end of the day, it, it was it was probably a Lars idea, and he was like, "This will be fun," and he talked everyone into it, and they went with it. I think it. James James is more for it than anyone else. Yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of like, eh. Well, James whatever. is probably like, "Oh, I, I here's three minutes where I don't have to sing, and I can rest my voice a little bit." You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> Well, moving on the set list, we have uh, what you mentioned earlier is uh, one of your favorite songs on Hardwired, "Confusion." I love "Confusion." They don't I often love- they don't often put it in the set, but they have every once in a while here. I was I was actually very shocked that 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 they played that. I was like I was like, oh my god, what are the odds? Like it's in my top three. Yeah. On 
hardwired. So like, I loved it. And, and, uh, James actually sang most of the main, like the first two verses, or at least the second verse, like right next to me on the, the mic stand that was closest to me. So oh, that was cool. really cool to see that. Yeah. Super awesome. I love that song. I think it's so great. It's a great song. Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure when you were on the rail too, like, you know, when the show started, you probably, at least this is what I would do. I would look around and see all the different microphones. Like, where are they? How close are they to me? Like, James is going to be near me at some point tonight. I was in between two microphones. So okay. I was like almost smack dab in the middle. I was kind of closer mm. to the one on my right than in the one on the left. Okay. But either way, I still had a good view of either one. And I was like stoked on life. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Um, so after Confusion, uh, this is normally what they've been doing is like, uh, from the bell tolls and fade to black, like a little one, two punch of, of red right. lightning. And they have separated it now. Um, right. or, 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 or from the bell tolls and creeping death. It's, you know, usually mm-hmm. like two right red lightning songs. So we get from the bell tolls next, uh, obviously classic Rob, I Rob kills love it. That song. I love it. Like, and the great thing was like when Kirk started his, like the, you know, that part, Oh yeah, like, he came down the stairs that were in front of us, like Lars's stairs, and oh, really? came right around in front of us while playing that solo and ran around the the uh, stage. Like he, but was, on he, the lo- he was on the floor, like right by the, the, floor, by the, by the barricade, the floor, right next to us. And my brother got video of it, and it's like he's just running by. He's like, I was like, oh my god, so that's awesome. He's so rad. I love Kurt. What a great no, no what what I mean what a great moment in the show too for you like you and your brother being on the rail and like Kurt coming right down there in front of you right in front of our face yeah so that's cr- awesome that's so cool um, so rad so I've been really excited uh, once I saw, saw the set list they played in Spokane I've been really excited to get Dude, to what this a, what a different set list for this it really for this was show. yeah yeah I, saw I was th- actually I was like I was like I wonder what Clint and Ethan are going to think of this because this is so different compared to what they've been playing so far. <laughs> well, I I, I I saw them post about it like late at night, you know, after the show, and and I saw that in the, in the next song is one of them is easily one of my favorites, if not my favorite, off of Death Magnetic. You got to see the day that never comes. Yeah. Yep. Um, one thing I can say about this song is I love James's vocals for this song. Oh, yeah. I love him. He. Yeah, I, I think that it, it's crazy because like the earlier stuff, like he's, you know, kind of like you've, you've mentioned this before on your shows before, like he kind of screams and like, does, you know, he's raging and stuff like that. Yeah. But he really actually does have a voice and he can sing so well. And this is one of those songs where like you can really hear his vocals and how good he is as a singer. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And he, on the recording or live, this song, I mean, yeah. it, it really showcases James's range. Um, he can sing delicately. He can throw in his growl here and there. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a great example of all the dynamics of James Hetfield's vocal range. Agreed. Yeah. It's, and then, and so you have that great soft, the first half of the song is that softer and his vocals. And, and then you get into the second half where it's like heavy and like great riffs and solos. And it's just oh, really, yeah. really cool. Well, just wait until you hear my reggae version of this song on our next oh, cover album, yeah. Black and Volume 2. Super stoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It's a lot shorter because it's tough to. Uh, yeah, that's a long song. It's a, it's long, a long song. song. Yeah, I, I had to kind of cut out a bunch of parts and stuff, but um. Yeah, for it, sure. It was it was a fun uh, fun experiment to cover that song. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. I'm stoked. Oh yeah. Um. So we have the somewhat questionable from time to time the doodles after this. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, so it, are we talking the Robin Kirk for the Aussie? The Robin, the Robin Kirk Doodle is is, that, yeah. is what followed this. Um, yeah. So what? So what sort of tribute did they do uh, in Spokane? So they did um, a tribute to Ozzy because his birthday was the next day, his seventieth right. birthday. Yes, yeah, seventieth birthday. I didn't actually hear what because Rob just was singing for it, and I actually like I, I'm wondering if like they even had his his microphone on very high. Cause I couldn't really hear him. Oh, okay. Here's nothing. This also happened right in front of us on the stage closest to us. So this was like 10 feet from us when this was happening. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so it was like Kirk just, you know, playing guitar and, and Rob on bass and Rob doing the vocals. And like, from what I could hear, you know, like Rob actually has a decent voice. I just don't think it's a strong voice. No, if that I mean, makes any sense. No, it does make sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of, uh, I think, a bit. I don't know. It's a little obvious that he he's he's never been a lead singer. Um, yeah, and even like in his old bands, I mean, he didn't sing a ton of backup vocals, but he's kind of had to step up to the plate to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one thing I will say is that when he was doing this, he looked super happy and stoked to be doing it. Cause like, you know, Ozzy's his buddy. So well, he's he just like, I mean, God, he played, he played for yeah. Ozzy, you know, like he's, he's stoked. He was stoked to be able to do this for him. And he had this huge grin on his face the whole time. So I was like excited for him that he was able to do this, you know? Yeah. It was really, it, it looked like he was having a good time. I just couldn't hear what he was right. singing or saying but other than that it was really cool all right so I, I just looked it up real quick while we were talking and they did i don't know by ozzy oh okay okay which is all right oh, yeah that's when i don't know that's my yeah. that's my ozzy <laughs> right there you go that's all you get yeah, there, perfect <laughs> nailed it <laughs> um so uh rob doing anesthesia always great he nails it yep yep i mean there's no more to say other than that than nailed it like, how do you feel when he starts playing that and all of a sudden like images of Cliff Burton show up on the, on the cubes and stuff. And I, I love that they still do that to this day. I think that it shows that, you know, just because they've continued on for so long after Cliff passed away that they still keep them, keep him in their memory, you know, yeah, like for I, sure. I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know what else to say other than that. Like he just, He's he's always going to be with them. You oh, know? absolutely, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think even if they didn't do this, if if they didn't do anesthesia and, and show an image of Cliff on the screen, Cliff would still be living, you know, in the Metallica legacy f forever. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But absolutely. but it's great that they, that they that they make a point to do this every show. I think that it's important that they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, honestly, like I, I've mentioned this before on, on past episodes, but I can't think of like any other band that has, you know, paid tribute to someone who's passed away like Cliff, you know? Yeah. I mean, maybe if, if like a singer of a band is passed away, but even then it's like, you know, you have like the, you know, Queen with Adam Lambert thing they're doing and they, and they do, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody and they have a video of Freddie Mercury and stuff and it's great. But I mean, like 
Metallica has been doing stuff like this and, and, and making sure that Cliff's legacy lives on since he passed away, you know, and yeah, what, 32 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. I love it. I think it's very touching. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, very uh, relevant. I think that, you know, as long as they're going to keep going, they're going to keep doing it. And I think that they should. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So moving on, uh, we go back to old school thrash. We get motor breath next. Oh man. Let me like, so I was telling you, my brother is a huge fan of the early stuff. Right. And before the show started, like even before Jim Brewer came on the stage, uh, my brother took a picture of us and put it on Instagram and he's, and he put the caption on it, play motor breath. Oh, really? And, no way. And I told, I told my brother, I was like, they're not going to play motor breath, dude. They're going to play, they're going to play whiplash or seek and destroy or hit the lights. Like don't expect motor breath. <laughs> <laughs> and then they played motor breath and we were just freaking out. We were like, I was, I was more stoked for him than I was for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'll, I'll, bet, really I'll cool. bet he was freaking out. I was like, I was like, Daniel, they're playing your song. I was like freaking out. It was so cool. <laughs> if if they ever do a uh, a Broadway show of like the history of Metallica or something Metallica related on Broadway, mm-hmm. yeah. your, your brother better be the damn star. Oh well, let me let me uh, correct you on that. It's it's my cousin who's on Broadway, not my brother. Oh, sorry, I, th- I think your yeah. brother's on Broadway. Yeah, you know, it's my cousin. However, my brother is a drummer. Like I said, our whole family's musical. Right. My brother's a drummer, and he's stoked on life, but with with drumming and um. But yeah, he would, if he were to do, be in a band, he would want to cover some Metallica songs for sure. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And that would be the one that he would want to do for sure. Motor Breath? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's like his, he loves that song. That's awesome. Not a, yeah. not an easy song to play on drums. That's a fast one. I know. I know. <laughs> um, He's tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, have- it, but he's told me he's tried yeah you know it's a tough one i, I mean i i've i've done it i've played it but it, it is not easy it, yeah it, it takes some practice um, it does not sound easy mm, no it's not <laughs> maybe on flute it's easy uh yeah no i'm not gonna do that but <laughs> that's that's the, down the line I, w- I want motor breath on flute okay well we'll, we'll talk about it we'll start we'll I'll start with the bridge the master puppets then we'll work our way to motor yeah breath. well we have to progress we got to, you know, take steps. Okay. Ba- baby steps towards motor breath. Baby steps. Okay. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on. We got Creeping Death next. Oh, man. I didn't think that I was going to get this song. It's in my top 10. Well, they've been, I mean, they've been playing it quite a bit. They, well, I, true. But usually they don't, they kind of do it with bells and creep or creep and bells. It's like between the two, right? It's either one or the other first and the second one follows. That, yeah. They, they, yeah. That's like the ride lightning little medley. And there was yeah. uh, so, two shows ago, I think, or last show, uh, two shows ago, maybe they did, they did three in a row. They did like bells, creeping death and fade to black. Yeah. And they've been doing the, them in the row. And then when they didn't do it on this show, I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to get creeping death. And I was so upset. And then this, and then it, they, it came in and I like freaked out and I started screaming. I was like, Oh my God, creeping death. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love creeping death. Oh, I yeah. love song. That's it's cl- just such a great, uh, kind of the crowd just gets into it. It's so awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, obviously a classic at this point. You know, the whole die part of the crowd sings. They sing the chorus. 
I mean, they sing, yeah. every, they sing everything, but like, you know, it's a good crowd participation song. I mean, this is Clint's favorite song. You can't yeah. go wrong with it. Like I, you know, if they ever don't play it, it, it would be weird. Yeah, it would be weird. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Moth and Flame is next. Dude, those drones are crazy cool. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see that. So, okay, so let me tell you this. So um, in the Vegas show, when I saw them, I was way back. I was still on the floor, but I was way in the back. Like I had tons of room to rock out or whatever. But when I was looking at the drones, they seemed like much higher on into the sky than they yeah. were. When I was on the rail, they're like 10 feet above Lars at most. Yeah, like they, they, they seem to like hover pretty low. There's a few that are higher up, but like they're they're not far away from the dudes. They are so close. And I was like, when I was watching this happening in front of me, I was like, how is this working right now? <laughs> like, it, was, it was just so crazy because they're so close to them. And, and in the middle of the song, um, they kind of lower and go back up again. And the guys are all over walking all around the stage. I'm like, how are they not hitting these drones? <laughs> it was so crazy. But, you know, I, like I said, I love the song. So the song itself is rad, but I was so, so distracted by the drones that I couldn't really concentrate on the song. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to see the drone thing. I mean, ever since they introduced it in, in Europe, I mean, it's such cool technology just to sync that many drones together. Yeah. And I, I will blowing. tell you this. It looks amazing. It's super cool. Awesome. I can't wait. Uh, you're you're going to love it. Yeah. It's, it's really rad. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so for for the this is you know pretty much a staple at this point the last three of the main set Sabatru one puppets I'm not going to argue with it I'm not going to wish there was something else there because it's pretty amazing I mean Sabatru one into puppets is you can't fuck with that <laughs> Sabatru is rad it's a uh, very heavy very like you kind of want to jump up and down with it. It's oh yeah, because it's, it's got it's, a groove. It's great, yeah. It's got a that's the that's the right word. It's got a groove. Like it's just really cool. Um, puppets, classic. It, like you said, can't go wrong. Um, I probably will never get tired of hearing puppets live. No, no. Um, yeah, did, really, really good. So during during puppets, did did uh did James at any point uh, on one of the choruses have the crowd singing and not him? Um. You mean during that kind of bridge, like the no, not, no, not that, uh, no, uh, d- during the um, come crawling faster. Oh yeah, yep, he does. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I used I, to, I used to think that was weird. Like he does it on S and M, and he's done done it at a lot of live shows. I used to, um, I, I used to think it was weird until until I I was at a show, and he was like, "You sing," and the whole crowd did it, and all of a sudden I was like, "Oh, I get it. This is so cool," and the whole crowd sings this part. It was just a cool, really it's cool moment. Kind of, yeah, it's kind of a moment of like unity, you know. It's just kind Agreed. of like we all know this song, we all love this song. Like, let's all sing it together. And like, totally. yeah, it, it's really cool. Like, uh, it, it, and again, like he sung that that those verses like on the mic right closest to me. Oh, so nice. I, I saw him kind of like like go to the side of the mic to look like kind of listen to the audience while they were singing back to him. So it was really yeah. cool to see him do that uh, it was so fun awesome. yeah i love it awesome uh well backtracking real quick so in, any notable moments about one um 
not not anything noticeable, but you know, like one was kind of like actually the one thing I the one thing I could say about one was um when I got into Metallica in the nineties with Load and Reload, like that was kind of like the other that was the first song I think I heard that wasn't from that era. Sure. Other like not black album doesn't count because that was all over the radio. So you you know, you couldn't escape that if you wanted to. Right, of course. Uh, so other than that, one was the other song that I heard for the first time that was kind of outside of that era. And um, so it was kind of what introduced me to when they were way more thrashier than they were during that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was definitely a, and again, like that first, the first half of it is so uh, musical and melodic and James's vocals. And it's just so beautiful. And again, being playing, growing up playing music, it, it resonated with me. Right. So, um, it, you know, hearing it live for the, for the, well, that wasn't the first time I heard it live, but hearing it live that close and seeing them do it was like, just, I mean, there are no words really, you know, it was just so cool to witness it and see it. And, you know, it's a classic there. Totally. you, You can never get tired of that one. I don't think. Oh, of course not. No, you just wish you were up there playing flute along with them with one. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> listen, I'm just trying to listen. I'm trying to re- re- reinvigorate your, your passion for the flute. Okay. All only, right. Only so that, uh, all of us here at Melbourne podcast and by the, all of us, I mean, two of us, um, hey, can, you ha- know what? can have hey. you on the show and play, and play Metallica, you know, melodies on the flute. How about on, uh, cover our world black in three. I can do a guest flute solo on Ooh. one of your right. Okay, okay. <laughs> Something to think about. All right, I, I'm gonna go ahead and claim you for one of my my songs on volume three. Okay, sorry. sounds like a plan. Sorry, Clint. I need to I need to bust out the flute and like freshen up a little bit, but you yeah, know yeah, it could happen. Yeah, dust the cobwebs off. Let's make it happen. Let's get your chops back yeah. up. It could happen. Okay. Hey, I'm, listen, I'm not opposed. There was flutes on S&M. Yeah, exactly. So. There's all kinds of instruments on S&M. Ones oh yeah. that they would never have most beforehand. Im- most importantly, flutes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the, the best st- instrument. It's the star instrument of S&M. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, so jumping into the encore, uh, it's been predominantly the staple to for them to come back with Spit Out the Bone, uh, which as much as I want to see that live... Uh, you know they start. They've slowly r- rotated either battery or blackened into this slot. Right. Or um. Oh crap. Uh, hit the lights maybe. By fire with fire. By fire with fire. You're right. Yeah. Um, but you got blackened. Yeah. So yeah. So I think in Salt Lake they did fight fire with fire, and I was I, I, and in Vegas I got spit out the bone. I don't remember what they did. In, oh, and I think in Boise they did spit out the bone. So I think they did. Spit out the bone twice, right? And then fight fire, and then I was—I swore that we were going to get spit out the bone, and I was like, I was just expecting that to happen. And then when I heard the track for the beginning of Blackened, you were like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, honestly though, I have to say, I love Blackened. Don't get me wrong, I killer track, love it. I but but battery is my favorite Metallica song, so I was really hoping for battery. Oh, so that's your favorite Metallica song ever? That's uh, my okay. My top or, three or currently change, like my favorite song changes between three songs depending on my mood, and it's right, usually battery, 
Orion or Hero of the Day. Oh, totally okay. different. All different. Very, I know. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, because one's like a thrasher, one's instrumental, and one's like just kind of like, I think I like Hero of the Day because, again, I love like how I said like James's vocals were most mature during that time. And I, you know, love that era because I could sing along to the music more than I could with the earlier stuff. Sure, yeah. But also, I'm never going to hear Hero of the Day. <laughs> at any of these I wish they would play it. I would love to hear Hero, Hero of the Day live. I would love to hear that song. It's one of my faves. Totally. But you know, I was really hoping for... I was really hoping for battery, but I will take blackened. I, it's a close second. It's, it's not far behind for a closer for the thrash section of the, of the show. I mean, yeah, so, to, to, to be picky between blackened and battery, it's kind of like, it's almost like if you go to like a, you know, like a, a burger place and you're, and you order it, let's say you order like a double cheeseburger and then, <laughs> and then you get it and it's like, Oh, um, it said it came with onions, but there's no onions, but it's cool. I'm still going to eat it. Yeah, <laughs> it's all good it's still gonna be delicious best, that is the best comparison you could have made <laughs> of course i'm speaking of a veggie burger right of course yeah. yes absolutely <laughs> um, um but you know i i cannot complain and you know my brother was stoked on that he was so excited um because again he he he's one of those guys that loves everything up to justice and after that he's like eh <laughs> you know well so i'm you got I'm some, trying to get him you got some to work real- to do. Yeah, you got some work to do with your brother. Yeah, I was like, there's, there's, there's other great stuff that they have after that. You yeah. just gotta really and get into it and take the time to take the time to listen to it. Really, you know, you have to. And honestly, like, I think like the older you get, the more that you've been into this band. When you revisit records that maybe you didn't like when you were younger, mm-hmm. you're of a different mindset now. You have different tastes. You know, like things th- things change in your life. Yeah, and your mu- musical taste does. I mean, there's stuff that I listen to now that I wouldn't have been caught dead listening to when I was in high school. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, off on a tangent, kind of, but one of the bands that I can say that I definitely did that with was Radiohead. It took me forever to get into Radiohead, and and then when I finally did, I was like, why have I not loved them forever? Love Radiohead. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Radiohead dude, but like Clint loves mm-hmm. Radiohead, and my wife loves yeah. Radiohead, but. I mean, I, 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 there's a couple records of Radiohead that I think are great, you know, but, yeah. and maybe, you know, who knows, maybe in 20 years, I'll go back, you know, when I'm like 60 years old, like, man, that King of Limbs record's really good. I'm telling you, man, in rainbows, give it a shot. I don't know. Get, Get, do it, dude. I'm telling you, it's hey, amazing. You, hey, you know, when, when you show back up playing Master of Puppets on the flute, maybe I'll give that record a okay. shot. Okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's our, that's our switch. Is that a good trade-off? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, cool. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, all right, so capping off the encore, this is not going to change probably for the rest of the album cycle. Nothing else matters into Sandman. I still, you know, I could do without Nothing Else Matters, but again, if they play it, I'm like, sweet, let's do this. Yeah, classic. Um, you know, uh, I when I I actually I prefer the album version over live because um, the album version is so clean. You know, well, and there's um, a, there's also strings and all these extra little bells and whistles. Yeah, you know, like it's it's just and and James's vocals again. Like I'm I'm super big on James's vocals. I think I made that clear, but um, it's just such a good ballad. It's just all around musically very beautiful. Of course, um, at the show at this show in particular, I, I don't know if the the um, I I really couldn't hear what was happening. The sound was kind of 
off for me maybe, but it sounded like uh, Kirk wasn't really on it right away. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of odd for me. And then, and then when, after like the first kind of like, or whatever it is, like that he gets into it. I was like, Oh, okay. There it is. I can hear it now. At first I couldn't tell what the melody was. It was really uh, okay. weird. Yeah. I mean, it's also a weird spot when you're on the rail. Like, uh, I talked about this, about this on the thing on the last metal tales episode I did. Um, you're almost, you know, when they hang the PA speakers, uh, they kind of do them at an angle, but yeah. if, if you're right up by the stage, sometimes you're almost below the speakers, so you can't quite hear what you would hear maybe if you were 20 feet back. That makes sense because the speakers were right above our right above our heads. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not going to yeah. and and there are little little speakers they they might throw on stage, uh, little small ones that kind of project some sound. Um, but in general, the main beef of the whole PA system is kind of going over right over your head. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that might have been why, because and also that part is so quiet. You know, that beginning of the song yeah. that I just I couldn't really hear what was happening. But once it actually really got into it, I was like, oh, okay, I know where we're at. I I I knew that that was the song that was playing, but at the same time, I was like, what part of the song is playing? Of course, <laughs> you know? right? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So when I finally heard like when it kind of got into it and the drums started coming in i was like oh, okay i know where we're at now and yeah you know beautiful song classic love it can't go wrong of course not no and then, and then into enter sandman and that's beautiful and perfect and you know it's not it's it's not my favorite song i don't think it's anyone's favorite song really but it's kind of the song that like everyone kind of comes together and like oh this is the end of the show and we had such a good time like let's all sing together and yeah that's a great. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it's a song where everyone kind of comes yeah. together, and it's like we're concluding the show. We had a great time. It's like it's yeah. it's like the closing credits of a movie. It's like that's the song that plays during it. Yes, that's how I feel when I hear that song. Yeah, it's for great. sure. Yeah, it, and I think you guys have mentioned this before. Like uh, you would like to hear that song played at like the beginning of a show instead of the end, and I would be all for that. That'd be cool. I would I would love to hear that song at the beginning of a show and not have it end the show but i get it it's like the kind of it's the song that kind of launched them into the general public instead of just being like only metalheads it's like oh, now yeah, everyone sure now everyone can appreciate metallica and not just metalheads and you know heavy rock music fans and stuff a- like that absolutely but, well and, and, and honestly i mean you know in the music industry like if, if if you're a band that has you know one monster giant hit you know if you don't end with that or close to the end, then I don't know. You're almost doing yeah. a disservice to people. Like, yeah, it's a disservice to yourself and the band for sure. Not that they don't but, have a bunch know. of other like huge, you know, massive songs, but Enter Sandman right. was a song that, like, I mean, it completely changed the face of the band and changed their future. And for them to not close with it would be really weird. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you know, it's. It is what it is. I, I still had a great time listening to it. It was fun. And they had those kind of like fireworks go off on the stage, like all around Lars. And cool. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And then they, of course, you know, they tease Freight Into Sanity after that. And then, and <laughs> yeah. Why do they do that? Uh, they've been doing tease. that for a while. It's just a thing they do. I don't know why. But, um, <sighs> but it's also, you know, it's like this little transition into them coming on stage, waving to the crowd. Each guy says a little piece. Lars usually like talks about the last time they were in Spokane or whatever. Which he did exactly. <laughs> yeah, he probably. I think didn't he mention something about it's been like eleven years or something? 
It's, I think that it's been 10 or yeah, 10 or 11 years. That's yeah. what I heard. Last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that part's cool, you know, like when, when we saw them, you know, uh, in Detroit and Philly and Clinton's home in St. Louis, like they do that kind of stuff. And it's cool that, you know, Lars is such a nerd about his own band. He knows all the facts about his own band and where they were yeah. and what venue they played and, you know, what club yeah. they played the first time they were there. And it, I, I think it's really cool that he's, you know, starts spitting that stuff out to the crowd. It is cool. He did the same thing when I saw them for the first time in San Diego. So. And, and and when they were in San Diego, it had been a while since they were there the last time too. Right. So, yeah. So that was cool to hear that too as well. Yeah, that's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thus concludes the set list. Yeah, rad show. Had the best time ever, and I can actually like one of my items on my bucket list was to be at the rail for like a huge band that I love because my first two favorite bands are the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, and that's not going to happen. So <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah. so, so uh to be at the rail for metallica is pretty freaking cool hell yeah that's awesome i'm stoked for you i will never forget it till the day i die good as you should yeah. not that's great yeah um <laughs> well sarah thank you so much for being a part of this it's been a pleasure talking to you and and running through all this stuff getting your musical history and uh yeah so much stuff we talked about i think we went on some extra tangents tonight which is you know that's not that's not new to the show. So I like tangents; they're fun. They're so fun. <laughs> but no, it's been it was an honor. Thank you so much for having me on, Ethan. Of I course. had a great time. Yeah, and yeah. To, and to everyone listening, you know, uh, we were sorry that this did, this didn't come out a little bit sooner as as they normally do. But uh, Sarah and I have been scheduling, emailing back and forth, scheduling conflicts, scheduling <laughs> conflicts. Listen, we're both very busy people. Everyone knows this. Yeah, come on. Um, Come on! Don't you, who does that? Who does that? Who who waits three days to put out an episode? Why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> well, we got it now, honey. It's okay. Oh, honey, it's oh the oh they're gonna love this. They're gonna love it. They're so gonna much. love you so much. They're they're gonna want so much flute on the next <laughs> all episode. The, all the flutes, honey. Don't you worry. <laughs> Maybe you could eventually record for us our intro of the Metallica clips we play. Oh my god! On flute. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll, th- we'll think about it. We'll be in touch. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, Sarah, thanks again. We really appreciate it. All right, no worries, dude. Thanks for having me on. I had a good time. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios.